with me, Esme Garon. It's the 11th of February on a fine Saturday at four o'clock and I am here for the next two hours to talk about all things arts. to the show, welcome. I'm here for the next two hours to talk about art and arts in general. So the first hour of the show we'll be talking about the artwork of the week and in the second half of the show we'll get onto the Arts Hub Bulletin where we talk about arts news, things happening locally here in Edinburgh and just anything that interests me really. week because I was away but I'm back and I'm ready for more. Um, My last two episodes also haven't been recorded unfortunately so the year starts here on Spotify. This will definitely be uploaded so if you can't stay for the whole two hours then be assured you can find it later. further ado, join me on a multi-sensory, all-consuming journey through the arts with the Arts Hub Show.
And that was Weird Fishes um, by Radiohead. So hello and welcome to the Arts Hub Show. If you have just tuned in, hello. Um, I'm here for the next two hours to talk about the arts and the world of the arts. But this week we are in fact descending down a rabbit hole as we are discussing the beautiful illustrations by Salvador Dali. which were for the book by Lewis Carroll, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. So I have always been really fascinated by these pieces by Salvador Dali and also they're quite unknown and um, not many people have heard of them or seen them as the books were super exclusive when he made these illustrations in 1969 for the book. Only a few hundred copies were made and they were very expensive and they are now today luxury collectible items but if you go online and you type in Salvador Dali Wonderland 1969 you will be uh, pleasantly greeted by a series of absolutely gorgeous illustrations which he has done Um, and that is the artwork of this week this collection and you know, why not? Let's get a bit um, wonderlandy. <laughs> Let's go down the hole together. But um, yeah, if you're new to this show, welcome. I'm Esme, and every week I come on the show for between four and six and talk about the world of the arts. Um, I always like to start off the show, I like to ease you in slowly with an artwork of the week, and then I like to create a synesthetic playlist um, which is accompanied by the artwork. Um, Then on the hour we have a new segment which I have recently introduced called the three-in-one on the hour story through song, so that's something to look forward to. And then the second hour we get a bit more a bit more zesty and we talk a bit about the arts world in general and branch out and especially focus on what's happening in Scotland and Edinburgh in the art world but we are in the first hour of the show therefore we are going to be talking about Salvador Dali and his Wonderland series from 1969 and to start this all off I want to just say a quote by Virginia Woolf about the Alice in Wonderland book by Lewis Carroll. She says that the Alice books are not books for children, they are books where we become children. So in this first hour, I'm gonna be talking a bit about Lewis Carroll and the story of Alice in Wonderland and how in some ways the story is surrealist in genre, even though it predates surrealism hugely, being written in 1865, I am pretty sure, let me double check that. Yeah, 1865, Alice in Wonderland was written by Lewis Carroll. Or if we want to get a bit nitpicky, Charles Lutwick Dogson, which is his actual name. Uh, Lewis Carroll is his pen name. But yeah, that was written in 1865. And the book itself is so similar to the work of Salvador Dali in many different ways. And it's very fascinating, Um, and the fact that Dali decided to do these illustrations because both Lewis Carroll and Dali have a lot in common, and uh, they were both very interested in maths, which Alice in Wonderland has a lot of maths, uh, fun maths riddle type things in, and so does 
Salvador Dali's paintings. Um, but also they're both very surrealist and dreamlike and uh, a bit spooky in um, in essence, really. So the, common, uh, the relationship between the two works is what I'm really excited about and going to delve into. And uh, before we get too carried away, I'm going to play another song. Just to start us off, called Looking Glass Girl by The Glove. Rather on theme. Here we go.
Looking Glass Girl by the Globe. Hello, if you have just tuned in, welcome to the Arts Hub Show. And this week we are discussing, for the artwork of the week, um, Salvador Dali's Wonderland series from uh, 1969. Almost 104 years after Alice in Wonderland was written, and the series was illustrated to accompany the book. So there's several drawings um, and illustrations which all come together to accompany the story of Alice's adventures in Wonderland. So, rebelliousness, revolution, paradox, distortions of space and time, logic, size and proportion, disbelief in conventional reality, assimilation of dreams, wordplay, the ephemeral nature of childhood, all these things are things that we associate with the childhood book um, of Alice in Wonderland. And of course, um, being such a classic, I'm sure everyone has read it or has heard of it or seen the movie. But also these words, they relate very nicely to the work of, this, of Salvador Dali um, throughout his life, his paintings and the surrealist movement in general. Um, and it wasn't just a coincidence, surely, that these two works um, collaborated here um, to produce these gorgeous illustrations um, by Dali. But, um, yeah, for both Carol and the Surrealists, what some call madness could be perceived by others as wisdom. Carol and the Surrealists were very similar. They both, in fact, practiced automatism <laughs> in their writing and drawing. So automatism, uh, which is an interesting concept, which the Surrealists did is when you... It's kind of doodling um, automatically and trying to not think about what you're doodling, but just letting it happen. And the idea... It was all very inspired by Freud and... Um, sort of psychoanalysis and the idea of the subconscious and the world of the subconscious and automatism was an idea of trying to find the subconscious and the images from the subconscious and revealing them onto the paper in the outside world and it was the same in um in writing and lewis carroll did this uh, and he called it autom automatism as well where he instead of withdrawing but with story or with writing or literature or his process of coming up with stories he would just talk and sort of ramble and let the words kind of fall out of his mouth naturally and organically and whatever came out he would think about and jot it into his books and uh, both ways are very free kind of loose ways of coming up with ideas a creative process which they both did um, so Carol initially came up with Alice in Wonderland by telling stories to Alice Little, who was his family friend's daughter in Oxford. And Alice Little supposedly is um, the person in which the character Alice was based off. Although he actually denied this, um, he wrote the story for Alice Little. And he says that he came up with um, a lot of the stories when he was rowing in a boat with Alice Little inside the boat and he was talking to her and telling her stories. Here's a quote. Um, Every such idea and nearly every word of the dialogue came of itself, when fancies unsought came crowding thick upon me, or at times when the jaded muse was goaded into action, more because she had to say something that then that she had something to say. So, 
a lot of it was um, very fluid and natural, and that was the same in the way work of surrealists and particularly Salvador Dali. So that is a bit of context. Um, and before we delve a bit more into the life of Salvador Dali and the actual artwork of the week itself, let's play another song. This song, I thought, it's by a Swedish alternative jazz band called Rymden, and the song is The Space Sailor. And if you listen to it, it might be slightly jarring, but I thought it really replicated the idea of falling down a rabbit hole and things just getting a little bit weird. So here we go. The Space Sailor by Rymden.
And that was the energetic and slightly unnerving sound of Rim Den with The Space Sailor. The perfect song to accompany you as you're rhythmically falling down the rabbit hole into Wonderland. And uh, if you have just tuned in, we are talking about Salvador Dali's Wonderland series from 1969, which is the artwork of this week. So... Let's talk a little bit about Salvador Dali and this series and why I've picked it. So he was 65 when he painted it and it was definitely towards the end of his life. Um, pop art was booming, uh, Warhol was flourishing and all sorts was going on. And this random pocket of art just kind of comes out towards the end of his life. Um, he was a Spanish realist artist. Um, very much known for his technical skill and precise draftsmanship, but this series uh, rather explores his skills in colours and um, illustration. He was very influenced by Impressionism and, in fact, the Renaissance masters. Um, and from a young age, he became very attracted to Cubism and avant-garde movements. And Cubism, you can see throughout his work, um, there are elements of Cubism in his paintings, um, as they're all very blocked, <laughs> uh, sort of distorted and choppy and abstract. Uh, but this, again, is not a typical work which you would associate with Salvador Dali necessarily. It is far more playful and almost looks slightly um, as though a child has come up with it in some kind of way. It's got that childlike innocence to it. It's very playful, um, but it's also a bit dark. And I don't know about you, but I found Alice in Wonderland terrifying as a child, and I did not like the book at all. I thought it was very, very scary. Um, but as I grew up, I became more appreciative of the book and understood it more. And that's where I think... The quote by Virginia Woolf is very interesting, where she says that Alice books are not for children, but they are books which, um, in which we become children. And I think Lewis Carroll maybe meant for that, where it was more of a book where adults would read it and instead get a glimpse of that childlike sort of dream, but also nightmare realm, which you have as a child. And as an adult, you sometimes forget you've got. Um, and I think Salvador Dali's work is also terrifying in many ways and he does tap into the nightmarish sort of fever-like <laughs> fever dream energy of Alice in Wonderland in these very toxic colours um, very illuminous, almost sickly but yeah so he moved closer to surrealism in the late 1920s, joined the surrealist group officially in 1929 and became one of the leading exponents, exponents. and of course he's most famous for the persistence of memory, that famous painting of the melting clocks which was painted in 1931 um, and if you think of surrealism you tend to think of those melting clocks but interestingly the motif of the melting clock crops up in his Wonderland series as does another motif throughout his work which is an image of a girl with a tightrope or a, a skipping rope as you say in the UK um, and it's interesting how in this Wonderland series he's bringing out old motifs that he's used throughout his career in his paintings and he's turning them into uh, images which can be used and uh, for the for Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland story. So, yeah, that's a little bit about Dali. Um, another quite interesting thing 
is he worked with Disney and the animator John Hench for an unfinished animated film, Destino, in 1946. However, this does link to Alice in Wonderland as well. I'm sure you have seen the Disney, Walt Disney version of Alice in Wonderland. Again, rather terrifying, but good. <laughs> as a child, terrifying, but as an adult, visually cool. Um, so when he was working on this film, this Walt Disney cartoon film, Destino, that was around the same time that they were creating the images for the Alice in Wonderland movie uh, by Walt Disney. And there's a slight theory that he actually influenced the Disney movie as well, because um, when Alice is falling down the rabbit hole and tumbling past various interiors in the movie, there's melting Victorian architecture, and also in the final Nightmare Chase, there's more melting architecture. And some people think that he, when he was working in the studio, had an influence on the creators of the Alice in Wonderland movie by Walt Disney. So that's a little fun fact. But without further ado, let's listen to another tune. This next song is one of my absolute favourite Bjork songs called Venus as a Boy. And I think it really captures the complex sort of relationship between child, the child within us and who we are once we're grown up. And the, the themes that are in Alice in Wonderland where you're kind of trying to figure out how to find that child within you. And this song definitely gives a bit of that. So enjoy. Venus as a boy by Bjork. Focus on her 
Venus as a Boy by Bjork. If you have just tuned in, welcome to the Arts Hub Show, and for this first hour we're discussing Salvador Dali's Wonderland series from 1969, and also how it relates to Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and the relationships between the two works. So, here we go. Um, if you are at home and you're you have access to a laptop or a phone, I really recommend going online and googling um, Alice's Salvador Dali's Wonderland series from 1969 because they are absolutely stunning and it's not really anything that I've seen before like associated with Alice in Wonderland and there's, I've always thought there's so much you can do with the imagery and the story um, and he does it so perfectly and it's also not a style which I've seen him do before either it's very unique to him and it's just unique in general but throughout the entire work there is this motif of a girl uh, in a dress with a tightrope and her shadow and it looks very much um, as though she's either skipping or maybe chained somehow. I mean, there's lots of motifs to circles, and in one of the illustrations, there is a melting clock, which obviously resonates to um, his most famous work, uh, The Persistence of Memory, from 1931, um, which has the meaning or the interpretation which uh, the soft watches shows the rejection of the assumption that time is rigid or deterministic and the idea of time and time being malleable is I think also very um, relevant in the story of Alice in Wonderland and it's kind of scary because um, the clock melts and it's almost showing the ephem how time is ephemeral and fleeting and uh, we have no control of it. But an interesting description of his, um, of these illustrations is Dali's dippy, trippy, hyper-saturated pictures, um, which I super like. I think that's a great description. And this motif of the girl, which comes back again and again, um, is said here that uh, seems to embody a cyclical movement transformation metaphor and mystery. Um, she's always there. She doesn't overarch every drawing, but she's always either in the corner or in the bottom. And um, I guess that shows Alice's, uh, Alice's central uh, character to the story. Um, she is um, stunned to discover that everything is in a constant flux and stuck inside this dream world, wandering through this dream world. And the illustrations show that. But also, something which I discovered only recently, that Salvador Dali used this method called the paranoic critical method. And the paranoic critical method is something he invented. And it links again to Freud and psychoanalysis um, and the idea of trying to tap into the subconscious. And this method was used throughout his work and it was a, a sensibility or a way of perceiving reality that was developed by Dali himself. And um, it was kind of based on a delirium of interpretation. 
So the technique consists of the artist invoking a paranoid state. So he would try and make himself paranoid um, and fear that the self is being manipulated, targeted or controlled by others. And the result is a deconstruction of the psychological concept of identity, such as the subjectivity and um, sort of the adds this surrealist element. He, he, he says it sort of freed himself to create a sort of stimulate to draw whatever was coming out naturally sort of linking to the automatism and a simulated delirium but um yeah the limits between the real and the imagined then becomes quite ambiguous and that's another link this technique that he's using is another link to Alice in Wonderland and how Alice in Wonderland kind of has this almost terrifying feeling of uh, the dream world and the real world, that, I, which I guess could be considered real reality, and in, instead of the dream world, just our, our unconscious or our subconscious, and the the lines between those two worlds, and the fact that they are actually a lot more fluid than we'd like to think, and that our inner worlds are in fact very much linked to the external worlds, and using this paranoic or paranoic critical technique that Dali uses he's trying to merge these two worlds and create things that are very um, almost yeah terrifying and dreamlike um, which he certainly does in his illustrations um, here's a little quote um, wonder, dreams, and the unconscious, unconscious serve as the stages for metamorphosis, where the objects, symbols of irrational desires are subjected to sudden mutations and uninterrupted becoming. Clocks, mushrooms, caterpillars, butterflies, cards, shapes are constantly being diluted, blending and transforming. Wanderer in a dream world, Alice is stunned to discover that everything is in a constant creative flux. And that's a link of Alice in Wonderland and surrealism and how Salvador Dali used his surrealist techniques to interpret and visually create um, a world of Alice in Wonderland. And on that note, time for another tune. This next song is by Lump. And um, one of my favourite bands at the moment uh, Lump is a band which has been formed between the producer Mike Lindsay and the singer-songwriter Laura Marling and this is Paradise by Lump again very much uh, echoing surrealism and Alice in Wonderland almost rather terrifying here we go
your breath You long for a stronger life Something that's more precise Something ideal You mourn for a world that was a child And you lives because it's something you a song by Lump. Um, hello if you have tuned in, we are just discussing the artwork of the week, which is Salvador Dali's Wonderland series from 1969. So, Alice in Wonderland, Lewis Carroll, let's talk a bit about him before we carry on talking about the artwork itself. So, Carroll actually invented a term called portmanteau, which was where you combine words um, and he used this to create words such as Jabberwocky, um, which is one of the most famous examples. Um, sort of like nonsense English, but this became rather popular and um, trendy. And his riddles and mathsy uh, elements within the story um, also link to Salvador Dali and his work as well. Um, but the story of Alice in Wonderland was sparked by a relationship which he had with a little girl called Alice Little and he used to tell her these stories about Alice in Wonderland and she begged him to write it down and uh, Lewis Carroll eventually presented her with a handwritten illustrated manuscript um, in 1864 and it was published in 1865. All the other titles in fact um, were rejected. Some of the titles before it became Alice's Adventures in Wonderland were Alice Among the Fairies, also there was Alice's Golden Hour, um, and there was also Alice's Adventures Underground. But Alice's Adventures in Wonderland was the, was the one that stuck. And the illustrations originally were by Sir John Tenniel, which I'm sure you've all seen. But the literature was very much proposed as a Freudian interpretation of the book, 
oh, was um, interpreted with this Freudian inter- uh, uh, angle with it being a book as um, a descent into the dark world of the subconscious, which is very much um, what people have said about Salvador Dali's work as well. It all explores this dark undercurrent which us as human beings all have within us, this dark subconscious. And I think that is why Alice in Wonderland is also very scary because it's unsub- it's completely fresh. There's no, it, He doesn't hold back all dark impulses, you know, chopping off the heads or anything is grues- you know, gruesome, um, violent imagery, anything, any impulse, any, but also any dream that he could think up. All of it's inside the book and it's all, Salvador Dali also has that all within his work. There's complete freedom and no holding back and um, it's almost, yeah, it's like, a, it's like entering the dream world and particularly the dream world of a child and it's almost telling adults about the imaginations of children and reminding them of that but now i'm just going to choose another song so another song i would like to play is purple haze by Jimi hendrix of course so here we go enjoy
Purple Haze by Jimi Hendrix. So I'm now going to just read out a visual analysis of the series Wonderland by Salvador Dali from 1969 by the art historian Victoria C.S. Goldman from her Evolution of a Dream Child, Images of Alice and Changing Concepts of Childhood. Unsettling shadows and odd juxtapositions make for sinister and sometimes frightening images. His mad tea party is not an intelligible image at first glance, but slowly the individual images come together and the scene becomes apparent. The tea party floats ambiguously and is interspersed with dots and oversized insects. The latter are, curiously, the only realistically rendered images. The pocket watch, central to the tea party in the text, is cleverly conceived by Dali as an oversized drooping clock, thus surely alluding to his persistence of memory from 1931. The background of his illustrations consists of vast, seemingly infinite expanses, mountains and a few scattered trees, and is perhaps more suitably considered a surrealist backdrop than a veritable landscape. Yet these are dreams that, surreal as they are, are tinged with innocence and even nostalgia. And that was a visual analysis of this series by Victoria C.S. Goldman. Now I'm just going to play one more song before I finish it off by reading a poem from Alice in Wonderland, the introductory poem. Um, But let's, before we do that, play a nice piano piece.
And that was the magical swoons and sweeps and trickles of Jan Lundgren, a live performance there as he transports us into the land of all things weird and wonderful on the topic of Alice in Wonderland. Now, before we finish off this first segment of the show, I would love to read out the poem that that, um, enters you into the Lewis Carroll book of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, that beginning poem which opens up that world for you. Um, And on top of that, I would like to play a song called Old Goat's Waltz by Nightworks. Here we go. we glide for both our oars with little skill by little arms applied while little hands make vain pretense our wanderings to guide ah cruel three in such an hour beneath such dreamy weather to beg a tale of breath too weak to stir the tiniest feather yet what can one poor voice avail against three tongues together Primer flashes forth, her edict to begin it. In gentler tones, Secunda hopes there will be nonsense in it. Alternator interrupts the tale, no more than once a minute. Anon to sudden silence, one in fancy they pursue. The dream child moving through a land of wonders wild and new. In friendly chat with bird or beast, and half believe it true. And ever as the story drained, the wells of fancy dry. Faintly stove that weary one to put the subject by. The rest next time, it is next time, the happy voices cry. Thus grew the tale of Wonderland, thus slowly one by one. Its quaint events were hammered out, and now the tale is done. And home we steer a merry crew beneath the setting sun. Alice, a childish story take, and with gentle hand, lay it where childhood's dreams are twined in memory's mystic band. Like pilgrims withered wreath of flowers plucked in a far off land.
And with that, A Goat's Waltz by Nightworks and the reading of the introductory poem to Alice's Adventures in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll, we finish our descent down the rabbit hole and we have now entered the realm of the Arts Hub Bulletin. Here we go. So, um... I hope you enjoyed that first segment of the show. Although rather chaotic and rather rambly at points, I hope I gave you some insight into um, the beautiful works by Salvador Dali, his beautiful Wonderland series from 1969, and a little bit of fun chat about um, the legendary book Alice in Wonderland itself. But now it's time for the On The Hour, although it's now five minutes past the hour, but the On The Hour three-in-one segment, which I have now started uh, to do. Um, Each week, in the middle of the show, I choose three songs, and you need to guess at home what links these three songs together. These three songs, it's almost a story through song that I like to call it, and... There is a link, and it's either a story between the songs, um, maybe it's a progression of a specific music movement. I don't know. It's all a bit fun. You have to you have to try and guess what is it that's linking these three songs. But I'm going to play them in a row. There's not going to be a break. Um, now would be the perfect time to get up, grab a cup of tea, um, get comfortable, enjoy these three songs as they play and melt into one another. And yeah, try and think to yourself, hmm, what's going on here? How do these guys link? But yeah, before I bite your ear off anymore, let's uh, let's begin the three-in-one segment. One second, please. All right, here we go. Here's the first song of our three-in-one on the 11th of February. Enjoy. I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel You were talking so brave and so sweet Giving me head on the unmade bed While the limousines wait in the street called love for the workers in song probably still is for those of them left yeah but you got away didn't you babe you just turn your back on the crowd you got away I never once heard you say I need you I don't need you don't need you and all of them jiving around I remember you well in the Chelsea Hotel you were famous your heart was a legend you told me again you preferred handsome men but for me you would 
make an exception And clenching your fist For the ones like us who are oppressed By the figures of beauty You fixed yourself You said, well, never mind We are ugly, but we have the music And then you got away Turn your back on the crowd You got a way I never once heard you say I need you I don't need you I need you I don't need you And all of that jiving around Down in the street Now they got me used to that 
space in your voice shows the scale of your compassion
with that song that concludes our three in one on the hour, a new series which I have started, which I would like to title A Story Through Song. So you've been sitting at home, maybe you've listened to all three of those songs and you're thinking, what the hell links these songs? They're all very different, different eras. Um, The first one was, of course, Leonard Cohen and Chelsea Hotel. Um, the second, Joni Mitchell with Carrie, and the third, Bjork with Her Mother's House. So what links these songs? Well, I decided to make a um, trail of inspiration this week. So Leonard Cohen had um, an influence on Joni Mitchell and her songwriting, and they had actually a relationship that didn't last very long, but they were lifelong friends, and particularly his poetry had a big impact on Joni Mitchell and her songwriting um, and then Joni Mitchell had a massive impact also on Bjork and her songwriting and Bjork says Joni Mitchell is one of her absolute biggest role models and inspirations for her music although all of the songs sound very different very different genres they all connect through inspiration and um, it just shows how inspiration can come from all sorts of different sources and um, although it might sound different really you might have a very diverse set of inspirations so um, yeah that was a little trail of inspiration with Leonard Cohen, Joni Mitchell and Bjork all of which inspired one another in some way and now we are entering the Arts Hub Bulletin which means time to talk about something a bit different here we go. <laughs> so last night I actually went to a film screening um, called Feminine Futures, Ukraine, War, Oppression, Dystopia. And it was a introduction event to this new exhibition which is going to be going on in Summer Hall in Edinburgh. Um, a beautiful exhibition space uh, which has an excellent cafe. If you're a student in Edinburgh and you're thinking, I need to find a new study space, definitely go to Summer Hall. They do good hummus wraps and it's just a really nice space to sit in. But they also have loads of free exhibitions, everything's free. And um, yeah, this event which I went to last night was actually free and it was a really cool series of films um, which had all been curated by Adrian Cena who um, put together all these films for his new project and exhibition which is going on it's a, it's a movie exhibition which is going on in Summerhall um, to give homage to Ukraine and the devastating things that are happening there right now and shed some light on it it was a very moving film screening and some of the films were very, very emotive and it was quite emotional and there was a lot of people there from Ukraine and um, it was just generally a very emotional experience but it was also great to be uh, introduced to these movies and also it's all contemporary dance so that's something I'm not too familiar with to be honest but all of it is dance so contemporary dance in all sorts of forms and it's just really cool the way these people move and how emotive the body can be and the stories you can tell by just using the body. But Adrian, Adrian Cena, the curator for this exhibition, um, he actually used to work as an architect. So a lot of the films which he's selected for this exhibition are people who are dancing amongst 
architecture, particularly Ukrainian architecture and architecture that's been devastated or um, destroyed by the shelling. So again, that adds a big impact, sort of a motive layer to it, and um, really shows what's going on over there and draws a lot of attention um, to the situation. And it also shows a lot about how young people are relating to these architectural spaces, both before and after they've, they're being destroyed. Um, and the relationship between dance and war and how this has actually been going on throughout history. He spoke about German expressionism from the 1920s um, and how people used uh, during Soviet Russia and during World War II um, with the Nazis, how people throughout history have used contemporary dance to, particularly women and feminine figures have used dance and contemporary dance to fight quite peacefully against the oppression they're facing. So a very different angle um, to what I'm usually, I'm not used to <laughs> looking at dancing and things, but it was it was really interesting. And my favorite movie out of all the movies he showed was this one called Immortal Lovers. And it was just so beautiful. The dancers who were, who choreographed the dancing in the video um, are from Ukraine and the song is absolutely gorgeous as well and you can watch it online on youtube that's why i'm gonna talk a little bit about it because you guys can actually have a look at it but before i speak about it i want to play the song by andrew bayer who wrote the song which goes with the dance and the song is also very beautiful so here we go immortal lovers andrew bayer
Immortal Lovers by Andrew Bayer. And that is a song which is accompanied by an absolutely gorgeous, beautiful dance, uh, choreographed and danced and performed by two Ukrainian dancers, Anna Geras and Peter Neku. And they feature in this new exhibition going on in Summerhall called Feminine Futures, um, which is all centered around Ukraine and war, oppression, dystopia. Um, uh, an exhibition curated by Adrian Sina, who is really interested in the relationship between war and dance and how people use dance, particularly uh, contemporary dance, as a form of. Um, sort of fighting against the oppression and using art as a way of uh, expressing uh, their fights and resilience. And that was my absolute favorite um, uh, video because I went to watch the showcase of the videos last night um, in Summer Hall and that was the, my absolute favorite video um, of contemporary dance. And it's on YouTube, so go on YouTube, type in Immortal Lovers and you can watch it. The video is basically these two you don't see the people, they're actually, they have sheets over them and the video is um, them dancing whilst pushing and pulling against the fabric. Um, and it's hard to explain, but it's, it's, uh, it's just beautiful. So definitely watch it on YouTube. It'll make more sense. It'll make the song make more sense as well because it's kind of meant to be one whole. But this exhibition has just started. So it started yesterday and it's going to be going on into March. It's free, so do go to it in Summer Hall. And um, it's very moving, and it sheds so much needed light on on the Ukraine crisis at the moment, and also the f um, the perspective of Ukrainian refugees. Um, there was also a very uh, moving uh, film called Uprooted, and that's a project which also sheds a lot of light on, on the perspective and, and the issues that Ukrainian refugees and refugees everywhere are, are feeling having to leave your families and the trauma they have to carry with them into these new strange societies which they're not used to or moving in away and being in a whole new place and Uprooted is just a fab project and again you can watch that on YouTube and they use all Ukrainian dancers um, quite a lot of teenagers who are in in the UK who have moved away or in elsewhere in Europe who have moved away from Ukraine away from their families and they've joined this project to yeah shed light on the perspective of refugees um, so on that note I'd quite like to play a really cool uh, Ukrainian folk song by the band Daka Braka which is sort of uh, a band which is creating contemporary folk so they're making uh, modern versions of old Ukrainian folk songs and they are so cool um, just seeing I have quite a few of their songs so I'm trying to just decide right now which one I want to play if you haven't heard of them you're missing out hmm, which one do I want to play okay yes so yeah this is just to show how amazing Ukrainian folk music is and the the culture there is the music folk music culture there is, is so cool um as we're on the topic of of Ukraine and the um contemporary dance that has been produced there uh, I thought I'd play a folk song or a modern folk song by Daka Braka so here we go enjoy
Прошу молодых и свободы, пять морозы, бедные воды, что живет на смерть. Не знамо на где подиться, зашел в кабак, погреться, сбросил свой мундир. Сбросил мундир шеечки, проворялся на клашки, сам пошел плясать, сам пошел плясать. Наплясался, наигрался, с доброй волей распрощался, скочил на крыльцо, ударил кольцо.
that was the powerful and hypnotic sound of Daka Braca. Um, aren't they just awesome? I really like those guys. Um, and this is all on the topic of the new exhibition going on in Summer Hall, which is free, so do go. It started yesterday, and it's all about um, contemporary dance and the relationship between dance and war with a big focus on Ukraine and um, the issues going on there. Dances of resilience on tragic and or, or devastated sites curated by Adrian Cena. Um, yeah, so next up, we're going to have a little talk about um, the new, oh, not the new, the exhibition that has been going on, exhibition, the festival that has been going on in Edinburgh at the moment called Manipulate. So this is actually a puppet festival that has been going on and its last few days is today and tomorrow. So if you're into puppetry, get on it. Um, there's loads of really interesting puppet shows and I'm not hugely, I'm not like a massive puppet guy. I find puppets quite scary and they've always freaked me out a lot. But then over the summer during the Fringe, I went to a puppet show called Famous Puppet Death Scenes, which really inspired me and made me realize the the lengths puppetry could go, like <laughs> the things one could do with puppets. And it's really fascinating. It's almost kind of like, it's it's terrifying, but like terrifyingly beautiful. It's both scary, but also you can't stop looking at it. Um, I mean, these puppeteers, they, they really breathe life into these crafted puppets. And it is a bit freaky because it's like, they're human but they're not but um yeah the festival's been going on the last week and there's loads of cool puppet shows going on but one in particular that i wanted to talk about um it's an installation going on in fruit market and it's called the fantastic life of Minnie rubinsky and it looked particularly interesting and on the subject of wonderland and subconscious and all things mysterious and strange i thought it would fit quite nicely um, it was an immersive installation that they've put into Fruit Market and it's still going on so go tomorrow if you want to check it out. It's £8 but also you can um, I'm sure get a student discount as well but it's an immersive production um, which is all about memory. So Minnie Rubinsky is a woman with strong opinions. In an era of patriarchy, she forged her own path, breaking social boundaries, and now recalls her fantastic life. But what is real, and what is fantasy? And does it really matter? So it's all about memory, and what's real, what's not real, and the installation is like lots of different um, it's like you've walked into a brain and the brain is lit up and there's little portals of memories all over the place and screens. It's very immersive and fantasy and yeah, very, it's like you've entered a different world and I'm, I'm a big fan of installation art. So this immediately attracted my attention. Um, but yeah, the unique production involves filmed memories from her childhood to the present day and, um, using a series of beautifully carved like puppets placed in perfect detailed period sets. The theatre production is part filmed puppetry, part installation, also audience participation, and you're entered into the room 
um, and invited to sort of piece together mini Rubinsky's life story. You wander through an organic landscape of trailing synapses and connect together Minnie's fragmented memories to discover her true and fantastic life. This was actually created also during the pandemic and the piece is inspired by Kim Bergsegel's Vision Mechanics Creative Director um, and his experience of her mother's um, or her experience of her mother's rapid onset of dementia. So it's about the fragments of how memories can become fragmented and things can get lost and things can be created and does it really matter if what's real, what's not real? Who knows? But if that all sounds like something you would want to have a little look at, um, it, it is going on for one more day tomorrow and definitely check it out. It's really cool. On that note, I'm going to play a song by David Allen, or should I say Divided Alien, Imagination. Here we go. If I just stop and stay Promise me you won't stop Witches and wizards on Flying broomsticks Schoolboy magicians and Teenage mystics Kids got magic that don't need statistics My mum tells me it's just a trick Say no more She knows nothing of magic Say no more She's worried it will end up Tragically Flying through me Promise I won't be scared Wizards know The secrets Of love I think it's Very great to try To fly Over so I up in my estimation So far above my humble station Call it a trick of my imagination Science calls it an hallucination If they're on my side Take me for that ride I don't believe in magic Cause I got my pride I don't think I'll be scared Wizards know the secrets of the So far above my railway station Call it a trick of my imagination Science calls it an hallucination
Imagination by David Allen, also known as Divided Alien. So I'm going to be real with you guys. Um, here in the studio, there's a lot of songs that I was going to play, but they haven't uploaded. And for some reason, the text letting me down right now, which is kind of annoying because I really wanted to talk about John Cale's new album, which has come out at the beginning of this year. But the songs from his album have refused to upload and the tech is being stubborn. So unfortunately, we'll have to save that for another week. But so you all know, he all know he is actually on tour and he's playing in Cambridge tomorrow (laughs) so grab a ticket if you're in Cambridge unfortunately I'm in Scotland so that's a bit of a bummer but um yeah he's touring around the Europe right now and he's got a really interesting new album out um with loads of very experimental futuristic songs I mean just when you thought it couldn't get any better or even any more experimental he does this so Yeah, we'll talk about that maybe a different week when the tech's behaving itself. But that means, topic-wise, for the next 10 minutes, I'm just going to play some good tunes which have linked to today's theme, which is very much um, kind of subconscious, wonderland, dreams, all that stuff, all the juicy stuff. Um, So I'm going to play a song by Tongue, which... Actually, yeah, I'm going to play a song by Tongue called Sleepwalking. Um, Yeah, on theme with the subconscious. Here we go. Enjoy. The morning sun is a soft reminder. Thank you. 
And that was Sleepwalking by Tongue from their Songs You Make at Night album from 2018. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. The next song I would like to play is a song by Nightworks. Um, it's a little bit more, a little bit more groovy. Um, it's called Marachi, Mariachi, and um, oh. And in the song they sing in Gaelic, I'm pretty sure. It's really cool. So we'll listen to that and then I'll sign off. Here we go. Enjoy. It's a little bit, it's a little bit intense, so enjoy. <laughs> Oh, 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 
Mariachi by Nightworks, a song sung in Scottish Gaelic by the fabulous band Nightworks who do awesome electro folk. So we're edging towards the end of the show and I hope you've enjoyed it if you've tuned in at all. Um, We've spoken a bit about Salvador Dali and his Wonderland series from 1969 and how it relates to um, Lewis Carroll's Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and whether maybe Lewis Carroll um, was uh, the first surrealist potentially um, as there were many surrealist undertones to the story which related very nicely to Lewis uh, to Dali's drawings done almost a hundred well over a hundred years after the book was published um, in the Arts Hub Bulletin we discussed um, the new exhibition going on in Summerhall, Feminine Futures, Ukraine, a video exhibition which showcases contemporary dance um, and the relationship between war and dance. Um, we've also spoken a bit about Manipulate, a cool puppet uh, festival which is going on right now in Edinburgh and the final day is tomorrow so if you're interested in puppetry and want to watch some cool shows you still have a day left to do that and yeah now it's the end of the show and it is Saturday it's 5.59 nearly 6 o'clock um, 11th of Feb and I'll be back next week with another show talking about whole new art whole new arts news who knows I might even have an interview so do stay tuned and uh, I'll see you next week have a great evening Chasing rabbits and 